Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Liverpool. Back ways. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while. Um, what I can honestly say, I mean, if I really think about the game is, it's not even so much that we did, you know, anything that special or different. At least in, in my mind. I don't know. How did you see it? Yeah, I agree. I think that I wouldn't say we played that great today. We've played as well as we did in the past few games I've seen them. So against, well, the the, the two games against Manchester United and even the game that we lost against Burnley, I'd say we played, a, we, it wasn't one of our worst games in this weird six-game six stretch. Um, but the difference today was we, we scored when we had the opportunities, even though we didn't put them all away, but at least we, we did find the targets. Barely. So I'll actually go with a bit of a different take on it, um, which is I don't disagree with you, but it's the, the luck that's been going like entirely against us um, changed a little bit. Because if you really think about all three of the goals, um, none of them were at least the way you know we would normally define it earned. I mean, the first goal by Firmino, um, Loris should have had that or the defender should have put it out. So that's a mistake on their side. The second goal was a mistake by Loris. He should have grabbed that ball or punched it out of bounds. And the third goal was a mistake by the defender. And what's happened is, I mean, think about games that we've played today, like the keepers have looked like superstars. They've never made any mistakes against us. And defenders, when they do make mistakes, we just happen to not be there. It's It's been like we've just been quite unlucky. And today, that you know, quite unlucky turned around. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think I think a couple of things. Firstly, we are for sure in Spurs' head, right? So I read that that's the... I can't, maybe I'm going to misquote this, but I believe that's the sixth game that we've won it at White Hart or... Um, away at Spurs, White Hart Lane or Tottenham Stadium or whatever it's called now. And I don't remember the last time that they... In fact, I think the last time that they beat us was that game when just before Van Dyke signed um, when they beat us 4-1. And so every time that we play them, they always, they're always up for a mistake against us. And we, we typically score against their mistakes. And even if you look back to last season, a lot of our wins came from the opposing team's making mistakes that were enforced because we just put so much, I wouldn't even say pressure, but so much possession pressure where I, I suppose they just got mentally fatigued. So we could say that the last few games that we've not won or not scored, the other teams actually believed that they could keep a clean sheet against us. So, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. I think part of it is, um, this year, instead of teams getting mentally fatigued defense against the pressure, they keep telling themselves, you know, this is our chance to to beat the EPL champions. And so that gives them a bit more of that mental edge to to keep it going the whole game. And then at the same time, like teams always make mistakes and it's just, are, do you happen to be there? And this year, we just really have not happened to be there. Um, and this game kind of turned around and in part, I will say not lucky, but you know, the, the percentages have turned, but in another part, it's, we're finally actually getting shots on net. Like the first goal, um, by Firmino was, you know, a, a legitimate chance at net instead of trying to, you know, 
instead of trying to pull back or turn it into something else, just put it at the net and see what happens. And then the second one for Alexander Arnold was the same thing. Mane put it on net, even though I don't think anybody really thought he'd score from there. He didn't even get all of it, but look, turned into a goal. So, you know, getting shots on net is, is making a big difference. I mean, obviously we all know that, but you know, today we had 14 shots in total, seven on net. Can't remember when the last time we had half of our shots on net. Yeah. And, and even the few that we did have on net in previous games were, they were just clearly out of desperation rather than, okay, let me take a shot and see what happens. It was more of, I'm just going to hit this because I don't know what else is going on and I'm not even going to really have any hope that this will amount to anything, but at least I'm shooting on net. Right. So I think that, there's a difference in, in how you, 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 you approach shooting on that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also think that for the first time and as long as I can remember, we actually had a VAR decision go our way when Son's goal got uh, uh, taken back. Um, yeah. How many of those have we had go against us with the armpits and the hands? And I, You know what the thing is? Here's the crazy thing. When they were drawing their lines and pixelating it because we're at that point. Um, so first of all, like when you looked at it with the naked eye, he looked marginally offside. That's what VAR needs to do. It needs to be the glaring error, not like you need to go down to pixel level. Um, but also like the line that they drew from Alexander Arnold's, I don't know, like bicep, because it wasn't his shoulder. It was maybe his knee. Like I'm just, honestly, we're just dealing with such small margins. And I just, I don't know. The whole thing is is crazy to me. But what I will say that drove me nuts on that is, uh, on this is on Alexander Arnold. You know, he he had a good game today, but as a um, cornerback, right or left back, you can't be the last man back. The center backs are the are the two that decide the line, and if you're behind them, you've made a mistake. And so that one almost cost us a goal because Alexander Arnold was actually out of position. Yeah, he's he's clearly not a defender, and as much as. He's improved a lot in his defending, and he's he's not the worst defender in the world. Of course, he can do a job, but yeah, that he 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 really doesn't focus as much as we would like him to when he's playing back there. He plays with a little bit too much confidence as a fullback, <laughs> which is funny to say, right? Because how many guys would we want to play with more confidence? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I will say that today, Spurs, to their detriment, they they allowed him a lot more space than he's been receiving in previous games, and unlike the game against Burnley, I don't know if it was his crosses were just better, Spurs' defense was just worse, or our attackers were a little bit more dynamic in their movement, but um, the crosses that he was putting in tended to hit their man. And he he, he also didn't put in as many crosses, so he was nothing with wisdom in this game. He didn't. So I, I agree he played much more... Um not with the same ruckus abandon of just throw the ball into the middle. Um, thankfully, because that's just clearly not working. Um, but I mean, it spurs because they will make mistakes. They will. I guess that's true. Um, you know what? At the end of the day, there's still a very good organized defense and, and in, in their own, like to, to, to kind of be a, a bit of a, you know, not to praise the Spurs a bit. Every defense makes a mistake. It just, it's so happened that it hasn't cost them against us. You know, other teams make mistakes and and we just haven't been able to capitalize because either we're not in the right spot or our shots go wide. Today, it just so happened that we capitalized on mistakes, you know, 
in a in a positive way uh which which hasn't really been happening but everyone makes mistakes i mean i i do wonder though how much of uh uh the the mentality from you know last game carried over where you know um the feeling of the better team didn't win and did they come in with a chip on their shoulder were they overly aggressive were they you know still angry about it i don't know how much of that played in i think Mourinho, of all the times to play liverpool this was the day to go for it and the fact that he played with five defenders two sitting uh, midfielders and son up front with was it um, Bergwijn and Kane behind him? Just once I saw the lineup, I was completely confident that we we're going to win the game because it told me that Mourinho is going to be even more cautious today than really he should be because this was the game to go for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have the you have the wounded uh, animal. You go for the kill. You don't uh, toy with them and let them, you know, figure out what's going on. So right. I'll agree with that. I also wonder if Mourinho just in his head was still. Um, angry about the last game and and maybe his strategy wasn't quite as spot on as it should have been he's a hard one to figure out he especially after he after his Chelsea days he uh, he makes a lot of decisions that end up backfiring so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with that team now I think they won a great run earlier this season now we'll see especially with Kane injured now we'll see how, whether, who and when he throws his players on, under the bus, as he always does. Yeah, and I think it speaks to, like you said, this is going to be a, f- a weird season, and I suspect it's going to be a season of runs. So, you know, we saw Tottenham's run at the beginning of the season. We've just experienced and, and seen the end of Man U's run. Um, and trust me, this is the end of their run. Um, you know, the only one that's kind of been consistent, to be honest, is Man City which is why, you know, they're they're kind of in the driver's seat right now for the EPL title. But yeah, I think Tottenham's, you know, a team with good players who plays a standard park the bus system. And, you know, it's going to sometimes work, sometimes not. And they just got lucky at the beginning of the season that it works so much. But I, I don't think that they're, you know, an EPL title team. And definitely today we saw that. Yeah, I, I still think it'll come down to Man City and Liverpool. I hope so. When it's all said and done. Um, so, I mean, th- we have to talk about particular scenarios, obviously. The uh, the disallowed Salah goal, um, because it touched Firmino's arm. What did you think of that? Yeah, I, I immediately knew that it was going to be called back for handball, because the handball was, was glaring even in real time, and then there's no way that they'll see that and not call it off. So I wasn't really excited after he scored. So here's my problem with it. If you're looking at it, first you have a clear and obvious foul on it was Dyer, right? Who was who was playing for Mino? Yeah. Um, a clear and obvious hold, two hands, got some of the jersey. Clear and obvious. Okay. Then it goes off Dyer's arm before it hits Firmino's. So, I mean, you know, it's there's an argument to be made that Firmino wasn't trying to put his arm on the ball that Firmino was being manhandled, which he was. There's an argument to be made that Dyer touched the ball with his hand first, with his arm first, and yet they called it back, which I, I'm not necessarily agreeing with, but my biggest problem with it is, why on earth did Tottenham get the ball on that free kick? 
like it's one thing if you want to call off the goal, which, okay, fine. I don't love the idea because again, you know, in, in my mind, it kind of cancels out when you're grabbing a guy and you hit it with your hand, but okay. But if you're, if you're going to call it off, then call it off for the handball on Dyer, call it off for the, you know, roughing on Dyer. Like I, I don't understand why Tottenham got the ball. It's the sequence and, and it comes down to, to, to the silly rules that they have. So, so first of all, there's a zero tolerance rule. I, I don't agree with this, but there's a zero tolerance w- rule of even ball to hand. If it hits the the arm of an attacking player and it results in a goal, no matter what happens, there's no. It, it will not be accepted. It will be a a a, a, um, a foul. Um, with defenders, it's it's not quite as black and white for whatever reason they've decided that right. Then, in terms of the roughing, I agree. Dyer was was all over Firmino and it should have been a foul. But okay, let's just walk this through. So it's a foul and we play the advantage. We had the advantage, but we handballed, so we have to to call it back. Right? Yes, and so, so it comes back to our advantage, and we get the 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 no, but, foul was before the handball. No, but we handballed, right? So we played advantage, and then we and then we fouled. So is there a ball? No, so we can't foul. So if you get fouled, the ref plays advantage, and you foul or lose the ball, the ref calls it back, and you get the ball, right? Because the advantage wasn't fulfilled. So what they did is they took away our advantage by calling the handball. Therefore, we have to we, get the ball. We took we took our advantage away by fouling. I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? So um, so it was clearly a non-intentional the, handball. The, the ref, yeah, it, it wasn't intentional. But two things: number one, right now they have a zero policy rule against handballs. If it hit his arm and we didn't score, they would have kept playing. But the fact that we scored. The rules are they have to call it back, and also his handball gave us the advantage because it it, it brought the ball into a little bit more control. Dyer's was completely accidental. That was ball to hand. As far as I'm concerned, that's not even a handball. That was ball to hand. But yes, he was fouling Firmino, and that was a foul. And we played the advantage. We fouled. The ball has to come back. So I mean, let's not spend the whole podcast on this. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna say is, um, it's. You know, if you if you call his ball to hand, you know, Firmino's hand didn't move in the whole exchange. So you could make the same claim. But anyway, um I didn't no, his, I his his actually did move. A his little bit. Helped, he didn't he helped to control the ball. I'm not saying it was intentional. He had it in an unnatural position, but then at the same time you could probably say Dyer, you know, making sweet, sweet love to him from behind with his arm across him like that, um, is probably also not a natural position for a defender unless I missed something and how the game's played. But anyway, um, so, I mean, overall, uh, the, the other one that kind of caught my eye in this game was once Kane went out, Son became um, like a, a spectator. I don't even remember him in the second half. Yeah, and Mourinho, or sorry, not Mourinho, Spurs, they really are lacking from having any creativity in the midfield. And it, it it's quite telling that their number one striker has to be the one going back into the midfield to to create. Now that he's out, they don't have Ericsson. They don't have anybody to feed whoever's playing up top, which is Son in this case. So, so you don't think it was our defense that was doing all that? To a degree, too, but there was no service to him as well. Yeah, I would agree there was no service. Um, what I did notice is we were very um, Johnny on the spot in terms of making sure that 
when we gave up the ball, when the Spurs had the ball, they were trying to make a breakout. We we attacked them to disrupt that breakout. So that was very clear a strategy throughout the whole game. And I felt like we did it better this time than we did last time against the Spurs, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think having Henderson at the back there is quite a significant boost. Number one, having him on the field is, is great, but he's just such an intelligent player. And as much as I like Fabinho as a defender, obviously I prefer him in the midfield, but with Fabinho and a lesser defender, you don't quite have that confidence of knowing that perhaps it's a communication thing. Maybe we just lack that communication at the back if Fabinho is the senior defender, and I don't think his English is probably the best, right? And he's also not a defender. Um, so there there seemed to be more of an element of a defensive partnership with Henderson and Matip and even Nat Phillips in the second half where he was covering across. He knew when he had to cut across to help. He knew when he had to stay on his side, and he was trying the, the long, long field cross balls as well. Um, so yeah, it was just a, a, a more complete and dynamic performance coming from the back, which really helped our game. Well, I mean, let's speak to the back. So we started with Hendo at the back, um, which I'm going to agree with you. I'm actually starting to like him more than Fab at the back. Um, not that I don't think Fab is skilled, but I think you hit it exactly, which is that Hendo is better at organizing and coordinating and communicating. And, and that comes across. Um, one and two, um, I don't know who did you prefer him at the back with Matip or Nat Phillips? I didn't really see much from in the second half. Spurs didn't have much. Matip was really good. In fact, um, at the start of the game, the first half, half of the the first half of the first half, I was thinking to myself that it really makes such a difference when we have a, a defender in our team. <laughs> you know, it, it it changes, it impacts the the rest of the the. the of the team and and the way we push forward and the confidence that we have in, in the players behind us. Um, so nothing against Nat Phillips. I think he came in and he did well. He wanted a few headers. He was rough, which is very important. He was physical, put himself about. Um, but I liked Matip's driving runs as well. He's just a more experienced defender. And the one where he intercepted Son um, in the first half, I, I think that was a great, that was just experience. Yeah, I mean... You, you can't be experienced, but he does look like he's running with an injury. Um, yeah. Even in the first half, it looked like it. Yeah. He, he, he looks awkward when he runs to begin with. But then, yes, you could tell that there was something not quite right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've, and, and you know, we've talked about this. I'm a fan of, of Nat Phillips. I think he's, he's got good, solid uh, fundamentals. And, and the heading is, is phenomenal. So through the air, you know, when, when we gave up a corner in the second half, I wasn't as worried, uh, because, you know, you just have that feeling like he'll find his way to it. Uh, so I liked it, but I agree. I, I felt like, um, you know, Tottenham didn't really have a lot going for them in the second half. I mean, they did score, but I mean, so let me ask you this. Would it surprise you to know the possession was almost 50, 50 for the entire game? 51% to 49%. Yeah. That would surprise me. I I know there was there was a period in the first half where Spurs had quite a bit of control, but that was just a few minutes. So I'm that that actually does surprise me. Yeah, I'm I was kind of blown away looking at it and they actually had more passes than we did apparently too. 592 to 587. So I'm kind of blown away that they were that into the game cuz I got to be honest, I 
I can remember lots of spells that we had that were, you know, good chances, you know, putting things together. I can't remember many spells of theirs. No. Yeah. He, Mourinho just doesn't have the players, the quality players that he needs. If if this is the system that he thinks will, will win a league, then you need stronger players and Spurs... They're halfway decent with a couple of really good players, and that's about it. So, yeah, that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what we're seeing now is closer to the Spurs team that that really exists as opposed to what we saw earlier in the season where they were on a great run. Um, You know, uh, again, I think good teams will figure them out because they are system driven and and they have to be perfect every time, right? You can't have, um, you know, even even one mistake or two mistakes because you're defending so often if you make a mistake you know there's probably going to be a guy around you i will say that if spurs don't make champions league liverpool should do whatever they can to get son i mean his pace and his finishing is just out of this world it really is and what a highlight at the beginning of the game when uh, mane got his chance off the left foot and pooched it wide and then son gets his chance off the left foot seconds later and puts it right in the bottom corner i mean it was offside but to your point like what a finisher and not just that he's also good in the air yeah he's just he's actually he's a complete player and 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 i think him more than kane is is deserving of of playing in a champions league team and we're we're willing to be that champions league team for him Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I joke a bit, but in all honesty, I could, he'd be the kind of player that I would like to see us have because he's tall. And again, tall and good finisher, isn't that literally everything that we need right now? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what we're missing the whole time. So, um, you know, it's, it, he would, he would be a great fit. And I don't know, what is he he's still, he's less than 25, isn't he? Oh no no no! He's he's the same age as Salah and Mane. That's that's the only downside. He's I think he's twenty eight or twenty nine. Oh, if you can twenty eight, you're right. Yeah, yeah. If you can get him for forty, well, presuming that you can sell Salah or Mane, because I don't know that there's a place for you know you've got Jota there, you've got you've got quite a few. So um, although not this year because we can barely field a team anymore. So on that note. Um, I'm hearing rumblings now that, well, not rumblings. I think papers are and websites are putting two and two together after the post uh, post match conference where Klopp suggested that, yeah, we need a defender because we have no defenders. And right now, our senior defender is Nat Phillips, followed by Reese Williams, and that tells you everything you need to know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not write off Billy Cumetio. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. The guy is, what, 17. He's an up-and-comer. Well, let's talk about Step then as well. Why don't, why don't we throw him in there? Isn't, isn't he he's 17 as well now? No, no, he's 18. Oh, well, then he's the old guard, man. Come on, you got to change it up. <laughs> At this point, I mean, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like Henderson on the back end. Um, I think Fab does a very good job in service, but you you can't pretend to be a top team when you can't put one senior defender on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 gives 
it gives the wrong impression to the fans, the players, and the opposition, right? It was, it's the same thing I was saying about Allison coming out for corners. It, it, it just sets the wrong tone. Um, we're the champions of England, and if all four, I'm including Fabinho, if all four of our, our senior defenders are injured and we decide not to go and even find some random Joe Blow from the Swiss League, that at some point, when things are not going our way, our players will start asking what kind of club is this, right? And it'll it'll start to impact our psyche. So, just just for that sake alone, they they need to go find anybody who is a, a, a an experienced defender over say twenty three years old, someone who's been there, done that for a, at least a couple seasons in any league in Europe. Doesn't even have to be a top league, any first division league. Well, I mean, let me ask you this: Would you take a thirty two year old defender whose best days are behind him now? That's exactly what we need, actually. And and wasn't that the guy that, uh, I forget his name, that Olympiacos just signed? Socrates? Yeah. Yeah, so apparently we chose not to, to go for him. <sighs> so um, uh, Subotic, who played at Dortmund, is available. I, he's, I think he's 32 as well. I, I got to be honest. Like, unless there's a master plan to bring in some good player, like we don't need these guys is just like, like, okay, let's, let's take this one more step further. So Fab was injured today. Matt tips hurt. What if Hendo pulls up lame in the second half? Which will not be a shock because he's not exactly, he's not a spring chicken anymore. And he always picks up injuries because of the way he plays. Right. He does have his injuries. So are we talking that the, and, and no offense to the champions of England, but, the champions of the world, our starting lineup is Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. Like, come on, man. At some point, it's just a joke. And I think, I think that. So I'm, I'm, I'm no longer hearing the, the narrative of we'll find internal solutions. I'm actually hearing now we, yeah, we're struggling with defenders. So let's just see what they come up with this last weekend, because you can tell me that you can find somebody from the championship that will be more than happy to come and just stand around for us. <laughs> right just be a body head things away run tackle that's it that's all we ask that's you know, like, literally all we ask right now it's it's true we we have a very specific need because of the way we play we don't need like high intensity guy what we need is a guy who can hold a high line which means he can head and run and right. and yeah we'd like to you know start plays from the back but at this point we just need to be able to defend because we're we're in a little bit of trouble if you if you can't tell so hopefully there's someone coming down the pipe um here's here's the crazy part if we hadn't won today we would have gone through january without a win at the beginning of the season did you think that might ever be the case no but i think Less so, I'm I'm more shocked by the fact that we hadn't scored in five Premier League games than we hadn't won because it, it's not the it's not the most surprising thing in the world if we tie four games in a row, five games in a row, right? Because you can be lucky, VAR can happen, but the fact that we haven't even scored and haven't looked like scoring it, it has been the surprising thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking back now as we talk. There always seems to be a lull for Klopp's teams in general, but Liverpool in particular in uh, January or early February. So, I mean, again, this is a weird season and and we're not through as many games as we normally would be. But 
you know, maybe this is the kind of mid-season lull that Liverpool always seems to have. I mean, last year, even through the lull, we were winning games because, you know, we were eking out one nothing, 2-1 wins. But maybe this is just a lull in terms of, you know, a standard lull and we kind of spring back up. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe trying to will that to happen more than anything else. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the players are just mentally tired. Um, it, I mean, it can it can be a coincidence. These are the same. This is the same core team that's played every game for the past three years, right? So, it can't be too much of a shock that they're all coming to a head at the same time. Um, Robertson played an okay game, but you can tell he's just he's not himself, and rightly so. I mean, he's played every game, and he never gets the night off. Right. So you can tell that he is he just needs a break, but we can't afford to give him a break. Yeah. Um I mean they're they're all they're all probably tiring, except you gotta think maybe Tiago's not because he was out for a while and um you know, but but definitely there's gotta be some level of fatigue and uh Alexander Arnold is out, but yeah, Robertson is gonna need something. Um and and I don't know if Tamikas is the answer or, so let me ask you this. Say we want to give him a break. Do we? Do you put in Milner or do you put in Samikas? The problem we have now is uh, at the start of the season, I would have said that we put in Costas, right? But he hasn't had the opportunity to warm himself into this team. So it wouldn't be fair on him to just throw him in and expect him to do well. Um, so we may have missed that opportunity with him, especially now that we're out of the Cups. Um, so I, I don't... It's going to be hard for him to get game time, quite quite frankly. So I, I, in fact, I almost hope he doesn't because that means that Robertson is injured. And as far as Milner, I'd rather see him on the right than the left. Well, yeah, but then what does that mean? We keep running Robbo out there every game? Unfortunately, that's the position <laughs> that we find ourselves in. The only time I see him getting a break is in the Champions League, depending on how the leg is going, because we have five subs. But in, in the league unless we start winning or scoring three, four goals in the first half. It, it, once we do that, he'll be the first sub off for sure. But we're just not doing that. Well, I mean, today we scored three goals, which again, for a team that hasn't scored in five games, I thought we did really well. Any individual uh, performances or, or individual situations that you thought were remarkable, worth mentioning? I, I'd... um. I would say I was I was really impressed with Henderson. The first game that he 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 played at the back against Southampton, he didn't look too great. But I remember we talked about it when he first played in the number six against um, was it, it maybe even been Burnley away, and he was terrible and we lost two zero. We had like ninety percent possession or something. I'm exaggerating, but we had a lot of possession, but and we lost, and everybody was saying, yeah, that's not his position. But then Klopp said, no, he has to learn it. And they really worked on it. And all of a sudden, he grew into that role. So I think the same thing is happening here. He knows that as as our captain, that's where we need him most. And I think as the season plays out, he will remain a central defender because we're not getting any defenders back anytime soon. And I hope Klopp, Klopp did the right thing by moving Thiago up forward and putting Genia in number six. I hope he'll be flexible enough to move Fabinho into the number six role and just have Henderson back there with whoever, um, Nat Phillips or, yeah, okay, no, I'm not going to say Reese Williams. Nat Phillips. I, I actually <laughs> like Nat Phillips and Henderson together at the back there. I actually like them together at the back because I think the inexperience of Nat Phillips is 
is perfectly matched with the experience and brains of Henderson. So I think that works perfectly. Um, and then I also think that the, uh, you know, maybe the, the height, uh, that, you know, Henderson doesn't bring Nat Phillips. That's his, that's one of his big strengths. Right. So, um, I'm definitely liking that. Um, I, I agree with you on that. The, the one that kind of sh- not shocked, but kind of got me was, uh, I was, you know, Tiago is, a like, uh, on a, on, on the verge of a red card, like every game. I know the first, <laughs> the first game, the first couple of games, he was really good with those in, in the Chelsea game. He didn't really do it as much in Everton. He did it. And I was thinking, wow, he's really good at tackling. He gets every ball that he goes for. And then as he came back after his absence, he's been, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe he just need, he's just like half a, half a, half a second behind in where his body and his mind are trying to function. Um, but yeah, he's, um, <laughs> it's it's kind of frightening how close he is to getting either second yellow or straight red with his tackles. Yeah, I mean, I I I like his tackling. I think it's very good and and definitely in the style that Klopp wants. Um because it's always pressing, it's always trying to to get the ball back. But I mean, he's getting a yellow really early in the game. And well- I mean, those are just, those are risky. After a while, that's going to bite you. Yeah. And, and they're also, the way that he goes in for those last minute tackles are, I, I also, I'm also concerned for him as well. And I wonder if maybe over the years, I haven't really watched him in his career. I'll, I'll put my hands up and, and admit that. But maybe I wonder if that has anything to do with him being injury prone. Maybe he just is a little bit reckless with, with himself. So it's funny you say that I actually was looking at it and I was thinking that he's the anti Salah where Salah bails out of every like, not even 50, 50, like every like 20, 80 ball where 80% of the time he'll get it, but he doesn't want to get hit. Salah will bail and, and Tiago just goes all the way through. It doesn't matter, you know, who it is or what it is. Like he'll, he'll go for it. Um, which I like, but again, I'd, I'd rather him not be injured. So um, I've noticed that. I also noticed the Nat Phillips yellow, which, I mean, I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, He got a piece of the ball coming through. So, and and on the very first foul that you have where you do get a piece of the ball, that's a pretty aggressive yellow from a referee, which I was worried would affect the later in the game. But, um, I mean, again, I just, I don't think Tottenham had enough going forward to really challenge him because they could have gotten him in trouble. Yeah. And the next game is perfect uh, against West Ham. I think that's the perfect game for him because that's just going to be a, that's the, that, that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I noticed was uh, another corner kick from Alexander Arnold was just brutal. Um, I don't, I don't know what's happened, but he's just, I mean, the corners are terrible that he's kicking in. They're either way too long or way too short. And I contrast them with the game where Shaq was was kicking the free kicks and they were all the perfect height and hard. And and it's it's it used to be a good weapon of ours and now it's become a nothing play. Yeah, he's... Trent, Trent he's, he's, he's just a little bit too relaxed in his game and and i i i think 
I think this poor run of form from him may have may help him, but the fact that he played okay today and scored, I, I hope he doesn't allow that to get to his head. I hope he just kind of gets back to his old self and knows that he still has a lot to learn and a lot to do. But um, I agree, those corners, I was never really a fan of his corners anyway. It's just that we had really good, like, you know, headers to get on the on the end of them, Lovren or Van Dyke or... Um, whoa, whoa, did you just give Lovren some love? I just want to make I, sure I'm hearing that right. I, I actually did. It was it was actually hard. But I, <laughs> to be fair to him, no, no, I'm, I I tease, but but I, I, yeah, he was a good player for us. It, he was. Know, yeah, he was never supposed to be the number one defender at Liverpool, right? So, and through the air, he was. Uh, he, say what you will, his mistakes usually didn't come you know, on headers in the box. I mean, he'd have lots of mistakes on headers, you know, the half line and it would lead to a breakaway, but not in the box. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think, uh, I'll be honest, I was actually, and I know this is going to sound terrible, I was actually not super happy that Alexander-Arnold scored because he also looked kind of uh, proud, not proud of himself, but a little bit too puffed up after he scored that goal. Yeah, exactly. And... I mean, if that helps him regain his form, that's great. But I think he there's definitely a lesson in what's happened in the past five games that I hope he 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 takes to heart for his own career. Yeah, I I'd like to see him improve. The other one that was clear and obvious to me in this game was, you know, there were a handful of uh, uh, smart plays, I would say, by Tottenham who uh, went down at, at just the slightest touch. Um, to to get the foul and and they did get the call like the one where Alexander Arnold got called for a push inside the Tottenham box just on the corner of the box and it's like the player went down he's twice Alexander Arnold's size like it's ridiculous but it was a dangerous position and he got the call so I'm I'm still not seeing us do any of that the only one I did notice was in the second half when Milner was on the sideline um, and two players were on him and he had his back to them and he just went down at the slightest push. And I'll be honest, I'd like to see that more because it got us out of a bad situation and, and why not, right? If the rest giving those away, then take them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the other one that I'm I'm still frustrated on, um, I've rewatched is the, is the header that Tiago was bloodied on. Um, I mean, I know people can go for headers, but just recklessly flying in and, and hitting a guy hard enough to bloody his head I kind of feel like that should be a foul sometimes because I mean, when we went in for a couple headers, we got called for the foul because their player was standing under it. And so I, I did feel like, you know, coming back a little bit, that wasn't ideal. But again, I think we need to look for it more than we are because right now we're not looking for it. And, you know, again, yet another game that we fouled more than they did. We got called for 11 and they got called for nine. What was your theory on that again? My theory is or... no. My theory is other teams are are diving, and oh. they're working the goalie, or sorry, they're working the the ref, and we're not. I think there's lots of chances we can go down, and and we don't take advantage of those, like the one where Matip got um, the ball off of Son, and Son knew he'd lost it, so he went down anyway to just try to get the the call. What what what's the worst that happens? You're not going to get a yellow for diving because they don't do that ever so you might as well throw yourself like i'm just kind of at that point so 
Um, I, I did like seeing, um, and, uh, I did like seeing Milliner do it, but I'd like to see the rest of the team do it too. Um, anyway, I mean, at the end of the day, a good win. I mean, three, one, if you take far out, it's a four, two game. So I guess not a lot changes. Um, what did you think in terms of man of the match for Liverpool? I'd, I'd have to say Henderson. I, the front three were okay. The midfield, Thiago kind of disappeared after a while. I, in fact, I, I, I totally forgot. I remember in the second half, at some point, I, I, I saw him with the Band-Aid and realized, oh, I I didn't even remember he was playing, um, which may not be a bad thing, but I, I just noticed he drifted away from the game. And so, yeah, I, I say Henderson for man of the match for me. Yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, I think Thiago started well, but I think he definitely um, slowed a bit, and I, I don't really know why. Maybe it was pre-planned because we had a lead, um, but overall, I would have to go with Henderson as well. I thought he was, uh, he was, he played extremely well, especially when you think about the fact that he probably found out he was playing at the back like two days ago. Right, because I think it was when was it? Uh, only yesterday was when uh, when Fab wasn't at training, so it might have only been a day ago or two days ago he found out. And he's clearly been watching tape, and it's clearly paid off. So let me ask you this: next game, Fab is back. Do you still want Hendo at the back instead, or do you want Hendo and Fab? So basically, what I'm asking is Hendo and Nat Phillips, or Hendo and Fab. I want Hendo and Nat Phillips, and I, and then I want. Fabinho back in his number six role. And then I assume you want Tiago as one of the attacking midfielders and maybe Genie. <clears throat> See, this is Genie. I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't know what to think of, about him as a player. He's necessary, but yeah. Um, so yes, to answer your question, yes. Um, so Fabinho and Thiago and either Genie, Jones, or Milner. Any of those I'd be comfortable with in the next game. Probably won't be Milner because he played ninety, almost 90 minutes. Or he played a lot of minutes this game. And and so will probably be Jones. But he'll probably play Fabinho at the back. So he'll play Jones, Thiago, and God forbid, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Oh, I'm sorry, but how Ox is ahead in the pecking order in front of Shaq, I will never know. Well, I don't think he is. Well, then play Shaq. Not against West Ham. Against West Ham, you need a little bit of physicality in the middle. Well, so height and physicality is what I mean, because Shaq is quite physical. <laughs> but he's not quite some height. So, yeah. um, you know. Hey man. One thing about one thing about Henderson at the back too was he he still looks for those long balls to Mane like he normally does when he's in the midfield or when he plays in midfield and he drops back as a third defender then he looks for those balls so the good thing with him on the field is that we don't lose that. It's true. I actually find like uh, Fabinho when he plays at the back that part of his game kind of goes. I don't right. know if it's he's focusing too much on defending or what. But when Hendo is there, he still keeps that type of stuff in mind. So I agree with you. I, I very much liked him. And I mean, God forbid if we have to play him the rest of the season. But for now, I am hoping that we can uh, we can see him at the back. And I mean, it's a big game. 
you know, West Ham's been looking quite good. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think the only, the one thing that helps us is they're fifth right now. They're right behind us. So, and they're playing at home. I think I don't think they'll they'll come in or they'll sit, right? So I think they'll they'll leave enough space for us to play our game. We just have to be more clinical than we were today. And I think we will be. Yeah, I, hopefully, you know, Salah got his two goals against Man U in the FA Cup. Uh, Mane scored today. Firmino scored today. Alexander-Arnold scored today. Hopefully, that gets kind of the monkey off everybody's back. And we we can feel like we can score again in the way we've been doing for a while. So, you know, I'm I'm hopeful we can put something up against West Ham. And, and again, with a good defense, physical, we can, uh, as you said, get back to winning ways. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website.